1: Batter, better. Sign up and become a member and receive ten to fifty percent off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell T-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only four ninety-five. Or go into the past and relive the nineties with MythWorks Comics Classics for three ninety-nine. The new MythMart, bigger, better, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com/mythmart Now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. Get, get, get
2: ready,
1: ready, ready to rumble. Jump, like jump, it. I like to move it.
3: Hi boys and girls, welcome to Sibling Rivalry. I'm David K. Montoya. this is Rebecca C. Lofgren. I'm Aaron Illich. After several hours, we've been able to sit down finally. We had technical difficulty yesterday. We ran this machine for like four hours and... After all the headache, we're here to sit down and give you a show today. Um, I'm here with my co-host, Rebecca C. Lofgren. She is the writer and artist and a renowned poet. Uh, she is currently the chief operating officer of the MythWorks Corporation. And she's also a featured contributor to the World of Myth magazine. Um, and let's not forget one of the big points. She is also the best-selling author. Of Book of Dreams, which is still, after almost six years later, hot in Europe. So everybody, welcome.
2: Thank you.
3: Should I have
4: set my middle initial, or let's go with that?
3: No. How the middle initial thing came out is because my name is David Montoya, and there is literally millions of David Montoyas. Yeah, millions. So what I decided to do to identify myself was to put a K in. So. When people see my name, David K. Montoya, they automatically think of me. So, it's an identifier. With Rebecca, I, I just kind of did that with her because she she started out with the world of myth, okay? She was an artist for the world of myth, and she just went, well, first she went with, what, girl of myth? Yeah. And she did girl of myth, and then she did that for like a year or so, and then she changed over and went with RCL, which is her initial Rebecca Carol Um, She had a big fan following on the World of Myth and they somehow squished them together. So it was the Girl of Myth RCL. Then at some point I was like, okay well I need to make an ident- identifying mark and I decided to put the C in there. So Rebecca C. Loughlin. So at one point she had the longest name in the history of the World of Myth. It was Rebecca C. See, Rebecca C. Girl of Myth R.C.L. Lofgren <laughs> that <is> Crazy, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. And if anybody that is listening from the old school World of Myth forums, I will honestly say, girl power! Alright, let's get that out <laughs> of the way. So, after that um, she became Rebecca C. Lofgren um, through the World of Myth then she from art, then she went into poetry um and off air a couple weeks ago we talked about you know her obscured names um, Do you know any titles off the top of your head
5: 60 degrees places I have squares one um if dying was as easy as bre- oh, I can't remember <laughs> 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 one, uh, I
3: was gonna say let's <laughs> let's just <laughs> pull it up and take a look at what we got for Google um as I'm doing this folks, um you might hear some clicking that's me getting on the computer here going to do some googling um, just to throw in my thoughts um, virus has always been one of my favorite um, what was it under the sun you guys can go to the world of myth that's www.theworldofmyth.com and if you read under the sun it is one of the absolute best written poems ever I think um, I'll agree with that. I, when I read it, I, I cried like a bitch with a skin knee. I mean, I was just <laughs> bawling. Under the Sun, Virus, two of my favorite things. Um, let's see. What was that one with uh, Jack the Ripper?
5: That one's called Jack the Ripper Man.
3: Jack the Ripper Man. Nah, that was funny. Yeah.
5: I had to throw a little bit of comedy into all that craziness.
3: And then um, with Book of Dreams, so... The very beginning of the Book of Dreams, you had the poetry first the artwork first? Poetry first.
5: And, and the, the artwork.
3: And the artwork. And a short story at the end. Now, what was the short story? Do you remember that? Serial thriller. Tell me something about it.
5: It's basically a story. I think it takes place like around Halloween, right? Yeah, and it's a girl, like, she's home by herself, and she finds out that, like, a lot of murders have been happening in, around her city and things get creepier and the story unfolds basically and has a pretty basically as the story unfolds she finds out that things are not as they they seem now jumping to the
3: actual list of poetry especially placed in the book of dreams um we have a distant childhood which was another really good one addicted to blood um rebecca has been known to be obsessed with vampires now Obviously, we're calling this sibling rivalry for the simple fact that Rebecca is my sister. Uh, We're 11 years apart, so I've I've grown up with her. She's grown up with me, and I've known her obsession with vampires since 6 or 7 years old. So, Addicted to Blood is just another to to the vampire. Alone is another good one. And before I get into the really complex ones... I, I do have to say that... Well, actually, you let me clarify this first.
5: When you came up with these names, you weren't on crack, right? No, I was not on crack. You weren't on speed. I was not on speed. I was not depressed. I was not depressed either when I reached out that these are not, like, stories about myself. These are stories that I created about fake fictional characters. Okay, so... After Alone, then we have... Can't
3: tell you, it's not just my radar that's broken. No.
5: Can't you tell it's not just my radar that's broken. Oh,
3: my bad. <laughs> then, dying together is such sweet sorrow. Exit. Folded vessels could... Great each rainbow. Yep. Forever free, which is another very good one. From the basis of my life. If I. And then, this really long one. <laughs> Which is, if inconsistency wasn't my friend, my life would be easy
4: as...
5: Easy breathing. as breathing.
4: Now, now what were you
3: telling her about these ridiculous long names?
5: He told me not to do this. He's like, <laughs> there's no space for these, don't do it. And I did it anyway, because that's just what I do. Um, backstory on that, folks,
3: is... Uh, when we first started out the World of Myth, that was in 2003 or 2004. I think it was four. four. Um we had a very select space for things. And most of the time, we would submit stuff under stories and poetry and artwork, and we'd give them titles, but we would have one to two-word titles. So I called my sister up, and I told her, I said, Rebecca, just make them simple titles. And she's like, yeah, no problem, no problem. And then, you know, she sends me a story, or not a story, but a poetry and then the title itself was a poem altogether. So I go and I put it into the, the the world of myth, and it looks like the link, the way the link was set up, looks like you have like seven different poems. But in actuality, it was just one really long title. Let's see. Do you remember anything about Jack? Jack committed suicide the day he stopped loving me. Do you know anything about
5: that? Do I remember about it? yeah I, I really
3: don't no inspiration or anything.
5: I, when I write poems like it's kind of like I'm writing a, a mini story. I don't know. I just start writing and I get like little like a little story in my head and I try to write it out in a few lines. you know what I'm saying like, that's how I do my poetry.
3: And here's one it's another good one folks. Um, it's uh, justify where the two-way culture collides. Yeah, again, she promises she wasn't on crack. I have to take her word for it. Another interesting one. We're just talking title-wise here. I remember, I remember because she sent this one into the world of myth. Um, it was called Love's Weekly. W E A K L Y visit. And I'm like, oh hell, she just sent me a poem about a period. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> <Crap. laughs> oh wow. <laughs> That's what I, I thought. That's what I thought.
2: Yeah,
3: <clears throat> but of course, when you dive into it, you realize quickly that it, it has nothing to do with the Menchel- <laughs> <cycle> <laughs> Menchel- yes. Um, <clears throat> some classic ones is rockets rattling this very old air sixty degrees placed in a square.
5: That's my favorite poem. I love that poem.
3: Do you know what? It, do you remember what it's about? Or it's just
5: an obscure poem?
3: Let's see. You've got so you must let go, capital G O. The chest slowly pounds forward. Then, here it comes another nice long one. Just when you think that we're getting to some easy stuff, you know, some one-two liners, then she hits you with "The hottest sun couldn't cloud up my starry eyes and the moonlit smile." <laughs>
5: Jesus Christ in a handbasket! Right. Leave me
2: alone.
3: I'm sorry. <laughs> But, you know, as we sit here, we joke about the long names. These are some really good stories, like I mentioned earlier. Um, we went through, we were going through a different distribution company uh, back then to what we're doing now. We have a, a new contract with a much bigger distributor. Um, but back then, we pretty much went, went with what we had, um, and I was able to make a contact contract deal uh, to get this book overseas as well because it was marketed towards the younger tweens, the teens.
5: Please don't ever say tween again. <laughs> what tween? I don't think any tweens should be reading those poems. That's for darn sure.
3: That's the way i market it, folks. Um, anyway, so I was able to go and get it overseas and while we did sell some good ones here in the United States, uh, good ones I mean as in copies, it just raved In the UK and and we can go into the whole legal battle issue issue just for a minute I just want to throw out that it's been almost six years since we've published the book and sent it to the UK and the -the at-the-time distributor has still yet to to pay up the the dividends owned on the profits we're still in the process of a class-action lawsuit so it got kind of messy there overseas we did get money um, here in the States but when it came overseas, so far we haven't seen no money. Again, Under the Sun, one of the best poems I think has ever been written. Another one that was really good is When Time Takes a Laugh. That's a good one. Classic is Ye Old Nursery Rhymes. Um, yeah, I,
4: I thoroughly enjoyed that.
3: You, you, you folks gotta read it on this one. Um, and then, of course, it goes into... The the artwork, and and of course, being a podcast, I can't show the artwork. So, buy the book. um, www.mythworks.com slash mythmarks. Become a member. You can save up to like 50% on that book, okay? So, we've got Book of Dreams that came out. So, originally it was supposed to be uh, my present to Rebecca for her 18th birthday, which uh, was how many years ago now? Six
5: years ago? 2006.
3: Okay, six years ago for you, a year ago for you. <laughs> um, and, and for the listeners out there, I should say that Aaron is Rebecca's... Where are we at? Boyfriend, fiancé, buddy, sinnery. where are we at?
5: Soon-to-be <laughs> um, fiancé.
3: Okay, um, so soon-to-be fiancé... They shuck up together. (laughs) 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 Make (laughs) us (laughs)
4: both (laughs) feel (laughs) embarrassed.
3: So, again, that's who Mr. Aaron is. He's he's ready to shotgun with Rebecca. Anyway, uh, six years ago, I went put out the book for Rebecca as a birthday present. That was the initial thing about it. As I was putting the book together, I was like, oh, I can make money off of this. So, I went got a hold of Terry D. Shear, which you folks will meet on Friday. He is our editor in chief and currently chief operating officer of MythWorks Corporation. We sat and we talked and he agreed. Um and so not only did we produce this book for Rebecca for her birthday, but we also pushed it to make a profit. So that was August two thousand six. Then but during that time in two thousand six you weren't in California, right? No, it wasn't. Where were you at? I was in Arizona
5: doing. I was going to film school.
3: Okay, so the plot thickens, folks. She was in Arizona
5: going to film school. Now, was it for producing? Did you want to be a director? It was for cinematography, which is which is basically a director, or you could operate the camera. I mean, there's a lot of things you could do, could have done with it. So, like
3: director of photography kind of thing.
5: Yeah, I mean, you could branch out. from that. You could turn it into many different things.
3: That. I, I won't lie folks when i heard that i was shitting myself i i would love love to go to film school and the funny thing is 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 a couple times that i talked to her while she was out in arizona she was like they're not teaching me shit i already know most of this and what did you say that you learned the main thing that you learned how do you use photoshop so there you have it folks Go to a high-priced film $30,000 school.
5: to learn how to use Photoshop, basically.
3: And then, as the process, she, she got done with that. Uh, we, we did have a death in the family, which caused her to come back premature. But then, I was going to have her be my DP in a, a film that we were in the process of putting together named Body Bag. That that would have been just great. Because I, I trust my sister, and I, I trust her her understanding in the interpretation of what I wrote, because I co-wrote the script with uh, a gentleman that looks much like Aaron This Alan is a lie. Russo.
5: Nobody will believe this.
3: He's lying to you. It's not true. He does. He does not. I'll put up a, a picture of both the gentlemen.
5: No, we need to put up a poll. A poll. A poll. Does he look like him or not?
3: Okay, there we have it. We will find a space. We will put a poll and find out how many people feel that Aaron feel, looks like uh, Alan Russo. Russo, if you're out there, brother, I'm waiting. I want to do a podcast with you, give me a call, all right? So after the process we go we end up canceling body bag. So what happens then? Do you go back into writing? What what
5: happens at
3: two thousand eight? Where do you go
5: I think in two thousand eight I started drawing a lot more.
3: What type of style? Was it because I remember okay, let me let me back up and tell the backstory folks. Again, I, I mentioned this earlier. I have grown up with Rebecca. I'm 11 years older, and the the writing, the comics, the anime, the drawing is a direct influence from yours, truly. And at and one point, games. and the video
2: games,
3: yeah, yeah, and the video games. <laughs> but at one point, uh, when Rebecca was very young. You put my artwork next to her artwork, and it was almost identical. But as she got older, she started to find her own creative identity. And I
5: want to say, was it, was it the
3: anime first? I,
5: I started drawing a lot of anime, but I want to say that it was like in 2006 when I started to draw a lot of anime. I stopped drawing for a while, and then I came back to drawing, and I think I was going more like towards like realistic. Still life. Still life, yeah, realistic drawing. And what year was that? I think it was 2008, no. Yeah. 2008. The end of 2008 when I started drawing. So 2008, 2009. Yeah.
3: Okay, so we're at 2009. You're a published author. You're a published poet on magazine. You're a vice president at this point of a corporation. What else? What else is there? I mean, you've gone to film school. Oh, and, may I add, because we we accidentally overlooked this, she also scripted... The book hasn't been released, actually. It's a graphic novel. Um, It was plotted and drawn by William Slim Black. Uh, Rebecca put in the dialogue for the first couple of, of issues. So she's also a comic
2: book writer, too.
3: So as we roll into 2010 she becomes the chief creative officer of the then Dark Myth Production Studios and if you guys get confused come follow me on Who's the Boss on Wednesday and I'll explain the difference between Dark Myth Production Studios and MythWorks Corporation so we start out 2010 it was still Dark Myth Production Studios um, Chief, um, chief creative officer I'm saying I'm too much I'm sorry
0: Chief Creative Officer,
3: you essentially put together the idea and helped in purchasing the GISG Heavenly Publication. From that, where where do you go? What what have you been doing creatively since... Because then, that took almost a year, because we purchased GISG in 2011. I know there was a workup to it. So, from 2011, 2012, where have you been created? I know you, you've produced more poetry and artwork to the world of myth. yeah. You became the assistant editor to the World of Myth magazine for a Uh, uh, few issues. Yeah, correct. Um, And I I will say openly, on air, we did have a falling out. She got pissed at me, I got pissed at her, and then she got even more pissed at me because I was already pissed at her. So we actually stopped talking for four months. No, it was like six months. Was it six months? It was like six months. Oh, shit.
4: Yeah, because when I met her, you guys weren't talking at all.
3: Right. So... And and then and I will go ahead and, and say this on air. Uh Rebecca texts me via cell phone, obviously. Um, and apologized and I, I felt that that was a big move, that was a big adult move for Rebecca because that took a lot. Because I know she did I do not like to
5: apologize to people.
3: And and I was gonna say is I know she doesn't feel that she's in the wrong, but she's mature <laughs> enough to say that she's sorry because she knows that her, her brother's such an asshole that I could probably go on without talking. Yeah, I could. And so she threw it out there and she said she was sorry. I, uh, you know, welcome back, open arms. Um, and we've been going, you know, now with the podcast and myth works and everything, and we're back in the role. So did you take a creative break during
5: that time? I had a lot of. Like, I guess writer's block, I guess you could say. I wasn't really doing much creatively. I don't know. I think I was just basically moping around playing video games.
4: I I, I
3: think I know why you were doing that.
4: Yeah.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're going to take a little
3: serious turn here. I want to give Rebecca an opportunity to clear up the air. Um, She was with the gentleman, um, his name was Chris, for how many years? Four years. And while we weren't speaking, uh, that relationship uh, ended. And, uh, there was some pretty nasty comments being made, rumors and whatnot. And, um, I just wanted to give Rebecca an opportunity to clear up the air. Um, so go ahead,
1: be
5: completely honest.
3: So my question is, is what happened? Why did the relationship fall apart?
5: Well, I'll go back to the beginning. Basically, when the first year we were together, I first met him, he <clears throat> was a completely different person than... What he, what I found out that he really was to be, and in the second year of the relationship, we decided to move in together, and slowly from there things went downhill. And I tried for three, for those three years, to make it work, to make it what I thought it should be. Like I was in denial, you know. But basically, for the the four years we were together, he cheated on me. I'm just gonna say it. Basically, he did. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna go in detail on that, but yeah. And I finally had enough of him. I finally wasn't putting up with it anymore, and I told him I didn't want to be with him anymore, and he didn't tell anybody this, and when people found out that I had a new boyfriend after we broke up, they assumed I was cheating on him, but I wasn't. Now,
3: also for the record, he did not want to leave, right? He did not want to leave. So he was sticking around the house. You guys were officially... Broken se- up. ...separated. Yeah, broken up. Um... And then you moved on.
5: It's not that I moved on. I wasn't looking for a boyfriend. I wasn't trying to find anybody else. But it just happened. It's something that I didn't plan to happen. I didn't try to find. It just ended up happening. And he didn't want to, like you said, he didn't want to leave the house. And he said he wanted to be with me. But yet, he didn't show that. Yeah, By the way did, he, treated, he treat you? Like, he treated me horribly. I mean... One minute he was telling me that he loved me, the next minute he was cussing me out, so I didn't understand why he was there. Going on
4: from from that, just saying when you two weren't talking, and after all this went down, and uh, Chris had finally left because uh, me and Rebecca here had met, and she was like, we were both breathtaking <laughs> by finding each other. Like we, we, we never planned for this to happen, like she said. Um, it just happened. It wasn't like we were looking for anybody. We were just...
3: Shit happened. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were bored one day, so we just
4: started talking. And
2: we, yeah.
3: We... All right, folks. I'm just going to drop one question, one serious question, and then we can get back to the fun. Like I said, I just want to clear the air because I know friends and family will be listening to this. So I'm just going to come out and ask the question, and then we're moving on to the fun shit, okay? My question is straight across the board. Were you having an affair? Yes. No, I was not. There we have it. Um, coming off of that, I feel
4: like I was sort of a bit of an inspiration because one of the days that we'd come home, she'd been wanting me to see this book that she made and she couldn't find her copy, so we looked it up on her phone, believe it or not, and (laughs) <laughs> she she was she was bawling. She was like, "I miss my brother so much." Oh
5: well, God! Why are you have to embarrass me? Shut up! I'm not I'm not trying to
4: embarrass you. It's it's good to feel about family that way. Like I, I miss my brother so much, and you know I, I wish that none of this have ever happened because I really love my brother, and so I feel like I have a bit of an inspiration <laughs> for when to talk to her brother.
3: Inspiration or influence? Influence, influence. There you go. Alright, well I've been pretty much souping up Rebecca for almost a half an hour now. Do you guys have any questions for
2: me?
4: Um, I <laughs> from her talking about you on Insight and doing all these different things, how, how exactly did you get this started? Like, what what made you want to
3: do this? For the Zomon?
4: For the podcast?
3: Okay. Zomon. Okay, let me back up. Uh, a few months ago, I started a nonprofit organization called Publication Or Publications. It wasn't Publications, it was Productions. Um, Jay Zoman is a combination of my son's name. His name is Jaden. My daughter's name is Zoe. And our last name, obviously, is Montoya. Um, I sliced them up, put them together, and got Jay Zoman. Um I started putting out three publications because for 20 years... I've been the CEO of MythWorks. And though this is Jaiselmon, folks, I will talk a lot about MythWorks because I'm as heavily involved with MythWorks than I am with Jaiselmon. I am the CEO. I am the co-owner of the company. I own 65%. um, but But that company went from me wanting to produce my own comic books into the early part of 2000 where I became the publisher, and I started publishing other people's books. Um, Within that time, my name has been in print four times. Um, You will find my name in print in the World of Myth Anthology, Volume 1. I had two stories in there. The World of Myth Anthology, Volume 2, I had one story. I came out with a comic book called A Yelp Gnome, which I wrote and created. Um... And then the last time my name was in print was another comic book called Sgt. Iron, which again I, I wrote and created. Um, and I, I felt that I was doing myself an injustice because I was more of a businessman. I mean, if you go and Google my name on Google, you will find me in press releases being the CEO and president and publisher and this and that, all business you know, stuff. Uh, very. If, if you really get in there and dig around, you might actually find something that says that I'm a writer. Um, and Zomon was my way of saying, okay, you know what? MythWorks can be for everybody else, but Jezelman is for me. Um, so Jezelman originally started as Zomon Publications, where you know they. I wanted people to come. I, you go to my Twitter account at David K Montoya. Um, and you follow me and you get a chance to download free stories um and that's how it started and how the jazel modcast came to be is is i'm busy you know and, and off the air just a second ago we were talking and i said tomorrow you know i'm gonna be doing 24 plus hours shift well not shift for a day you know so there's not a real much time for me to talk with my sister or, you know, my best friend, Terry, or, you know, another good friend of mine, Sadie Burbing. And I came up with the idea because I am a big fan of, uh, the Smodcast show. And I was like, well, what if I go and I start a a podcast and bring these people to my place? Because that's where we're at right now. We're in fabulous Apple Valley, California (laughs) at my home. Um, and, you know, sit down and talk for at least an hour. That's how the, the Jasel ModCast came to be. It's, just, it's simply for nothing more. I mean, the financial part kind of followed, but the initial idea itself was to sit down and talk to my friends. That's all this was about. I mean, and, and you folks, I know you can't see the setup right now. Um, you know, I've got a computer...
2: We got ghetto-rigged, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it,
4: it's pretty thoroughly thought
3: out, but it's ghetto-rigged, <laughs> if, if anybody knows what that means. Um, I, I won't try to take that as an insult, as much as I it just... an insult by
4: any means, it's not, because I ghetto-rig a lot of my electronics. Rebecca knows this firsthand.
3: Yes, he does. So that's that's pretty much how it came about. Uh, it, it's Again, I know I've said this out loud before, and it sounds really conceited. Jaiselmon is essentially about me. And what I want to do Jaisal Modcast is me sitting down with my sister you're with my sister so you, you right um, and, and that's it I mean we started off in the beginning of the show talking about the book um, and then you know segue into a little bit of, of what we just talked about with the relationship um, you know who knows who knows what next episode will hold we might talk about like I was saying before we started recording you know Outhouses versus toilets, you know, or, you know, dry, dry toilet paper versus wet toilet paper. We don't know. It, it's it's just to sit down and have a conversation, um, to hear each other's voice, and to, to kind of keep a connection, because that was one of the problems, I think, that might have happened with this follow-up that we had, you know, some months back, is there was a lack of, mu- a lack of communication, and... If you come over to my place once a week and, and you know what I'm up on, I know what you're up on, there's no miscommunication. And plus, I'm having a ball. I mean, as you guys probably can hear, I'm losing my voice because, coincidentally, right before I started recording this cast with Rebecca, um, I just finished recording the Win and ba- Burbank with S.A.D. Burbank. So my voice is literally starting to go out. Um, hopefully, as time goes on, I'll be able to... Maintain more of a steady voice uh, this is fairly new to me. I really don't talk that much as you know Maybe my my wife or my sister might say
5: <laughs> Lies.
3: But I really don't um, so That's the whole idea between or behind uh, the Mon, uh Modcast So hopefully you guys out there will enjoy our show enough to continue to come in week after week. We are setting up for an iTunes download. Um, And I'm also in the midst of talking with Amazon. I would like for Amazon to carry the podcast as well uh, for their Kindle devices. And if you guys show enough love, I might actually even get a hold of uh, Pandora. Because I know they host podcasting shows as well, um, but baby steps as far as business. Um, I try not to talk. I'm going to try not to talk about business other than who's the boss when it comes out Wednesday nights. Um. So at this point, we've cleared up the air. We've made some jokes. What What's next? What's What's next for Rebecca?
5: What's next for me? Yeah. Well, I was hoping sometime next year to start my second book. Do you have a title? Re- I can't remember how to say this, but you, you you tell them for me. I'll let you do it. <laughs> Alright,
3: yes, this was a little pre-scripted, folks. Um, the book name is Requiem of a Dream. It's the follow-up to Book of Dreams. Um, now, this part I don't know. Um. Are you going to have the same setup? Are you going to have poetry, artwork, stories, or just straight poetry? Story? How are you going to put it together?
5: I want, for this one, I want to make a, a, a piece of artwork for every poem. So, like, there'll be a poem and then a piece of artwork for the poem. The match. I want to set that up, and then I'd like to have a story in the back. Like a... I don't want to say, like, a novel in the back, but I want it to be a little longer than, like, a short story. Maybe a novelette. Yeah, a novelette in the back of the book. But I don't plan on working on that till next year when I have a, a lot more time than what I have now. Definitely, you know, there's a publisher
3: in hand. Like I was saying earlier, I'm not dropping no names. I, um, but we did sign a big contract with the new printer distribution center, um, so I can definitely do that. I mean, regardless if you're my sister or not, I can do that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna turn my attention to Aaron for a second because he's been sitting over here, folks, and he's he's, he's putting. I'm enjoying his- myself. He's putting in his two cents here and there, but we really don't know too much about it. And since this is the first podcast, let's find out who Rebecca's new hitch is. <clears throat> so, Mr. Aaron, you can go ahead and turn the mic towards you or you can bend over towards it. Um tell me about yourself, how old you are. Of course
2: that's the big thing. Oh, see,
4: see, there's a lot a lot of controversy following this issue of my age, since I am of course, younger than Rebecca. And I am younger than her ex. Okay, stop
3: beating around the bush and just say hello. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'm
4: 19 years of age. Um, When's your birthday? My birthday is May 27th, 1993.
3: And you are from, coincidentally... Las Vegas, Nevada. Which is also the home of MythWorks. Just have to throw that in there. Um, so what do you do, man? What, what's your thing? You write, you draw...
4: Well, I can't say that I that I write, but a lot of the times when I, I get, it's gonna sound a little bit quirky, but I feel a uh, a lot of emotion. Sometimes I I, I go and rant in uh, ran my head of like dark poetry.
5: Why don't you write that on paper? Like
4: <laughs> I don't know, like <laughs> I, I I don't. Uh, That's just not me. Like I'm not used to writing poetry. I used to do that a lot, but that was because you know.
5: Really fast off subject. I have to say that. Just to embarrass him a little bit, that, what, two or three weeks ago?
3: Don't even do it. <laughs> it's recording, it's, it's already recording. going.
5: ago, so I wrote him a poem, and I made him cry, and it was really cute. Well, <laughs> the only
4: time that, and I'll be honest, the only times I'm ever emotional is when I'm around somebody that I love, and I love Rebecca until the day I die. And, you know, that's just, that's just the way things are. And so, when I was younger and, you know, I was stupid and I was a teen teen, not like a grown up No, not 90! No! 19. <laughs> 19. No, like a teen, like a twin-ish teen. Yeah? Okay. I was depressed a lot because I wasn't happy with my, I wasn't happy with the way things were going. You know, I, I used to write a lot of, like, dark, depressed, uh, poems. And then I'd go in and you know I'd read these things when when I wasn't depressed, and then I'd be upset with myself because why would I let myself do that to myself? But they were really good, and I wish I would have had some of them. <laughs> <laughs> to, like so, you guys. But
3: well, let me tell you something, brother. If you're gonna be part of this family, you write. Okay, you write. I make the book and turn a buck. That's that's just how the family dynamics work.
4: Oh, I know. she's seen some of the poetry.
5: He's creative. He's creative. He just he I, his, his problem is like he spent so much of his like life recently with video games for all his creativity went into it's video games, like all his effort.
3: His let, let me just reiterate something because she said life. Okay, he's nineteen. I've been writing for twenty years. <laughs>
4: <laughs> anyway, um, what what I really want to do since music is really my passion, I love all types of music it doesn't I don't really have a specific genre that I like per se and I'm since I'm really good with electronics and I used to play guitar I'm gonna mention that now <laughs> because one of our uh, little discussions we have had earlier uh anyway uh, I want to go to school for audio production I want to be a DJ um I'm gonna make that happen but as of right now since I've made a lot of dumb choices in my life. <laughs> I'm not going to get into any details. <laughs> yeah, my short life, yes. um, I made a lot of them choices and I need to go back and fix those before I can do anything else. Um, This is the first time I've been away from my family since I've always lived with my family. All my life. My mom, my grandma. Um, I've lived with them and this is the first time <laughs> I've ever really been outside of Las Vegas. And, you know, I, I can't say that I've been sheltered, because I haven't been sheltered. Um, I chose to stay inside
3: for a big portion of my life. <laughs> so a <laughs> hermit. Well, co- coincidentally, I can actually follow you, because I was 19. Okay, I was born, raised, bred in California, Southern Cal. Yeah. 19, I was already married. And we moved from California to Arkansas. So I actually feel ya on that, because I know how it is, because the only dude out there was my biological dad. Um, you know. So at least I had somebody out there. But everybody was back away. And now, if, if I'm saying this wrong, or if I'm misinterpreting, tell me right off the bat. But for me, when I was back then, you know, 19 years old, in another state, it felt like, here's my opportunity to grow That's up, exactly to become I mean. a man... That's- and start my life.
4: I was like, you know, I, I feel like can, I can really make a difference in my life since I'm away from that atmosphere. Um, I mean, yeah, I love my family. I really do. You know, it's heartbreaking to leave them like that. I mean, I'm not really leaving them, but it, it's since I've, I've always been with them all my life.
3: Well, you got Facebook.
4: Yeah. Always Facebook. <laughs> Your communication.
3: Another note, folks. When I was 19, I don't think there was any internet.
5: Um... Really fast, I just want to tell people this. If you're from California, this is totally off subject. If you're from California, never go to Arkansas. Thank you. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. It's like hell. I'm telling you this now.
4: Um, anyway, back to what I was saying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, since I moved out here, you know, I told her I
4: want to make a difference. Um, there's a lot of stuff in my life that
3: I need. Oh, I got a phone call. Hold up. Uh, we will be right back, folks you. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks to the miracle of digital technology. Uh I'm finished with my phone call and we were back on. Um as Aaron was talking about things he wanted to do, one of the things I wanted to jump in and, and say real fast is that I also have plans for the youngster. Um because he does want to get into recording and mixing. Um, I'm, I'm here publicly offering him an opportunity for me to show him, to teach him how to do digital editing, and he could be the JSO ModCast editor. Um, so throw that out, think about it. You know. Why would I reject? <laughs> That's <laughs> well, a good opportunity for both of us, actually. Because it's going to require a lot of work. That's yeah. true.
5: He doesn't do anything, so he'll be fine.
3: Just the things you ask asking him. so at this point folks uh, we've covered the book um, we've covered Rebecca's personal life covered a bit of
2: mine (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) just a
3: little bit so this is again a little bit of introduction Um, is there anything and I'm I'm asking this on air is this anything that you can think of that you want to talk about
4: I say we should talk about things of interest,
2: <laughs> like comics. <laughs> Marvel vs. DC. Uh, that's a good one.
3: Now, now, mind you folks, we're at the 45-minute the mark. We're not sure where we'll be at after the editing, but um, technically we have 15 minutes, and he just opened up a five-hour discussion. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that'll be good. Um, and I can say this for both Rebecca and I, we are X-Men fans, um, hardcore X-Men fans, old school to the 90s, mm-hmm. Marvel. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they had all the top creators, they had good stories. 80s really plunged into good storytelling, 90s just took it a little bit higher. Yeah. They, they pushed the, the limits. Um, unfortunately, and this is just my opinion, Rebecca can jump in if she disagrees, but it, when, when it hit, like, 2000, 2001, comic books kind of fell off. Yeah, well, not just comic books. Yeah,
5: novel comic comics they fell off, and DC started to gain more popularity. And
3: coincidentally, folks, uh, one thing I just recently found out is they hired uh, a lot of people that used to work with Marvel Comics over to DC back in the 90's uh, You know, we're talking Bob Harris who in my opinion was one of the best editor in chiefs um, I damn near pissed myself when I found out they hired Scott Lobdell back Liddell. Scott Liddell wrote I don't know how many X-Men comic books I was in high school reading his stuff and when I heard that he's coming over to DC he's going to start doing comic books again like I said I damn near pissed myself really stoked about it um so from the but and I guess that's when I kind of fla- fell out of reading comics between 2001 to say about 2007 I really stopped I, I went back and bought the back issues shitload inflection comics. oh yeah I
5: weighed like 500 pounds
3: but I, I really stopped reading because at that point for me I really didn't care for what they were doing neither on the board of uh, DC or Marvel? Recently, like I said, DC stepped up their game. You know they're they're coming out, they're revamping all their stuff, and I think they're, they're coming out with better product.
2: They are for real. What, what wow.
5: killed it for me? Really, is when and I don't want to say this guy's name wrong. Grant Morrison. But there started. you go. When Grant Morrison started writing X Men, I think I just about died. Like he was horrid, horrid writer. I hate him. I wish he was never born he ruined it
3: like ugh and I know I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail coincidentally he's really popular but I totally agree with you Um, changing people's sexual preferences 40 years into the game not cool dude Um, and I agree I I read some of the stuff and, and he was trying to be groundbreaking but and again my opinion he just he flopped um I don't know. As far as X-Men wise, the god of X-Men, and I'm not even talking Stanley. The God of X-Men is Chris Claremont. Yes he is.
2: Yeah.
3: He's he actually started me, am I Um somewhere along the lines I was talking about him publicly and I actually mentioned if it wasn't for Christopher Claremont, who wrote the X-Men for sixteen years I probably. He was that influential. Stan Lee, the Godfather. Yeah, the Godfather. Godfather. Um, You know, the man came in back in, what, 1960s. There was a lot of flat storytelling. Good guys were the bad guys. There was no backstory. There was no drama. There was no character development. He's the dude that came in and brought all this to par. You know, he's the one who rated Spider-Man Fantastic Four The X-Men The Incredible Hulk The Avengers um, let's see. Uh, Black Panther Daredevil I literally guys this this dude created the, almost the entire Marvel Universe uh, except maybe that I can pull off the top of my head Submariner uh, was done by Bill Everett Submariner Submariner, Submariner I think yeah.
4: would, you said submarine. Submarine. Submariner 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 Mariner?
2: Is
3: it Submariner? Maybe it it?
4: Submariner is the uh, correct uh, pronunciation.
3: Well he was he was created by Bill Everett back in the nineteen thirties. Um, Captain America uh, was Jack Kirby and Joe Schuster Schuster? I'm sorry if I pronounced the name wrong. Um, and then the human torch, coincidentally, was an android. It wasn't Johnny Storm. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And uh, the very first issue of Marvel Comics, nineteen thirty-nine, was the. Oh really! Movie. I didn't know that. So, other than those three characters, that I—that's I, the only ones I can think off the top of my head. But everybody else, up to a point, till like, we get into like the nineties, uh, Stanley Lee, Mitten, yeah, um, that—that that was.
4: Uh, For me, it's not just like. I like one. Uh, I don't. I don't just like Marvel or DC. Like to me, I I'm, I wasn't very much of an avid comic book. You know.
3: Sorry. <laughs> anyway,
0: you weren't a com- an avid comic book
4: reader because I couldn't ever get my hands on comic books. All the comic books that I had were basically handed to me because my dad. You know, he was a big fan of Thor. And I used to read a lot of Thor, and like a lot of Spawn, uh, and then that got me into like dark, like, gothic type things, like, uh, I like Spawn, Dark Horse comics, I think, awesome. um, I'll just, comics in general, then I like the style of artwork that people put into,
0: cause it's not just a story,
4: it's a movie on paper.
3: Who's your favorite character? My favorite character? Straight Straight across the board.
4: My favorite character is Spawn.
5: (laughs) Is Spawn.
3: Your favorite character?
5: Well, I have a few, but... (laughs) My favorite all-time character? Ever? There's two of them, though. I don't know. Okay, my my two favorite characters ever have to be the Dark Phoenix and Jubilee. (laughs) That's interesting
3: because she brings... I knew she was going to say Jubilee. Uh, she's got pets named Jean Grey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but the, the interesting thing is, is I knew that she's, she's been a friend, a fan of Jean Grey from the get go. But why the Dark Phoenix?
5: I just like, I don't know. I just like, like, she seems so much more badass when she's a Dark Phoenix. Like, when she's just Jean Grey, she, I mean, yeah, she's tele, she has telekinesis and all that, but. The X Men world that's nothing, you know <laughs> doesn't make you special, but as the Dark Phoenix I just think she's so much more badass, more something to be afraid of. I like I just I like think it. it's
4: the mentality that she has when she is the Dark Phoenix is what attracts you, in my opinion. Because it's not just a character going from like a change. You know, it's, it's like a... a whole con- different person. It's like a metamorphosis into a con- completely different person.
3: Well, yeah, you've got, you know, Jean Grey Phoenix, you know, save the world. And then you've got Dark Phoenix, who's like, I'll eat the fucking world. Yes! <laughs> yeah! Um, you don't know. You already know. My favorite character is Cyclops.
5: We love, um, we love Cyclops.
3: <laughs> and let me go on, on record and say, I'm talking Cyclops. From 2001 to 1963, that's the Cyclops I like. I, I I've only heard about different Cyclops versions um, and how they've changed them because I've always been fascinated because of how smart he is. And they and they never said that it was his mutant ability. They just said the guy was fucking smart. smart. Yeah, and and that always intrigued me because he could think on his toes. You know, you've got X amount of people that you're. Responsible for their lives, and he had to make the decisions—good, good, bad, or indifferent. He made the decisions. Decisions. Okay.
5: Wait, wait, wait! Real fast, I want to say something. Okay, go for it. You, you have to tell him. What's one of the first? Why, we started talking about comics when we first started talking to each other. What's one of the first things I asked you? Do you remember this? I. What well, I, I asked him what he thought of Wolverine. I had to know this because if if he, uh, said, if he said the wrong word, word. if he said the wrong answer, the relationship would have never been. Never <laughs> <laughs> would have been. I
4: told her this is. Almost exactly what I told her. I was like, I'm not a very big fan of Wolverine. Like, sure, there are some instances where, you know, he's actually cool. To me, is after he got the adamantium torn out of his body.
5: But he he wasn't like, oh, I love him. I would have been like, okay, no. we can't talk anymore. It's over. Uh,
4: absolutely not. Spawn is by far my all-time favorite.
5: Yeah, but of- you, you don't understand how dire that question was. Like, it saved, you, <laughs> it saved your life. <laughs> that was almost a hard Um,
3: I'm not a big Wolverine
5: fan. Oh, I hate him. You know what? To me, like Wolverine is like the New York Yankees. Like everybody likes him. Everybody likes him just because he is what he is. Like, and I hate, I hate that. Like, I hate it. And like, people are probably gonna really say you hate me for me saying that, but (laughs) that's just how I feel about it.
3: (laughs) Um. I'm not a big fan of Wolverine. Like I agree with you, there's some cool things that he did, but I was actually in eleventh or twelfth grade when they pulled his adamantium out. Yeah, I was okay. Mom, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I, I'm spilling the beans. Okay, I knew that that book was coming out. It was X Men Twenty Five. I knew it was coming out. I knew something big was happening because of the rumble. I purposely. Ditched school. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to the comic book shop to get my, my copy of X-25. I didn't read it until I, I literally went from the comic book shop to the high school. I walked back to the high school. I remember I'm sitting in psychology class. I got the comic book in between my psychology book and I'm reading it. Right? And then I see Magneto rip out the and I'm like, yeah!
2: yeah! <laughs> And, and
3: everybody just kind of looked at me I was like, good speech Good speech no,
2: In reality, I was like So
3: excited that they did that to Wolverine I don't know, sorry if Wolverine lovers You know, my heart goes out to you But it's not in this house really.
2: Boom <laughs>
3: So guess what folks We're We're done For this first episode Of Sibling Rivalry so, I'm David K. Montoya.
5: I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. I'm Aaron Nillich.
3: And remember, there isn't a rivalry better than a sibling fight. See y'all next time.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble!
2: For this. I like to move this, I like to move